We back in the saddle. The official, unofficial podcast of the FX series Snowfall. As my co-host gets settled and we start kicking this thing off, we appreciate you joining us at Snow School. Nikki do say I had to get you to tap in, man. Part two of the Iliad. I believe that I'm pronouncing that right. Latest oh, yeah, episode. Yeah, I think the Iliad or something. I think Iliad it had to do some shit like uh it's a Greek. It reminds me of the Odyssey. Play. Yeah, the Odyssey yeah, or some shit like shit. that. Yeah, some over our head. But we here, Snowfall, part two, the, the middle of the series. What have you thought so far since this is your first time on Snow School this season? And what did you think about the episode? Um well, first, yeah, man, uh, appreciate you having me back on, man. Uh, Absolutely. We we've been we always be texting back and forth, trying yeah. to get you know what I'm saying, trying to hop on each other's uh, shit. As you know, I'm uh, hosting uh, Frames Per Second podcast. Make sure y'all go check that out, FPS Podcast, uh, on Reddit and Twitter uh, and mm-hmm. IG. Uh, Brothers with yeah, yeah. stuff, man, much needed. You guys go check out FPS. Make sure the Frames Per Second podcast is in your feed. Absolutely, you're right, my bad, but not introducing that brother. Oh, no, no, you good, you good, you good. We family and shit. I, <laughs> we, just, we just pop up and show out, you know what I'm saying? But, um, Absolutely. yeah, uh, your, your question was, it so my, my thoughts so far of the season or just this episode? Well, I just wanted you to give a brief little intro. Tell me where you were before we got into this, because how we're going to do the episode is we're going to start off with writing the Tiger Cage and just go scene from scene from there and see where we leave it off. But before we get there, being that you're new to the snow school class and we're kicking this thing off, Tell me what you thought up until now into this season. Just give me a brief little two-minute podcast thing, or two minutes or less, but you know what? Going into the season, um, I was worried. I was nervous just because you know how black shows are. Once you hit to that fifth season, that's usually when niggas get canceled and shit. Mm. So, uh, and also with this particular story, I don't know how long you can stretch out the crack era when we know how the crack era ends. You know what I'm saying? Mm. Um, and we kind of, I feel like we're circling the drain of that, and I'm always nervous about shows uh when you can obviously see they need to end um so going into the season i was a little bit nervous and but starting off this season like the first five episodes i thought it was an interesting start uh particularly with um i did some research going into this before episode one dropped that uh the main guy who plays uh franklin saint uh damson idris uh he talked about how this season was gonna be about betrayal so i liked how they set up things the first two episodes but since then, it's gotten real slow and real mid in mm-hmm. the part. Because you know, you know how I am, Lou. Like, I like shit. I need niggas. Ever since Game of Thrones, I like to see niggas get take off the board. You know what I'm saying? I need, I need that excitement for a, a show to keep me always tuned in week to week, uh, especially in this uh, binge-watching streaming era. If you're going to have me come back week to week, I need to have something to, to, you know, keep me over to the next episode. I agree with you 100%. And I think that to lead into this, and I've, thought to that game of thrones point a little bit they kind of spoiled us everybody don't watch game of thrones but you and i were big fans of it the ned shit the thought process of at any point in time a character like you said can be taken off the board and when we get to the point in the episode that i want to address where i felt like we're spoiled by game of thrones because there was no real threat or there hasn't been a real threat of losing any of the main characters in this story, which, like you said, it takes a little bit from it because, you know, like, oh, OK, you'll figure a way out. So when you have a scene where you got Franklin and also right there going back and forth and they're getting interrogated, you like, 
I know both of them are going to be here at the end. So how are they going to get out of it? I exactly. agree with you there. And I exactly. think that that's, that's a big thing that shows could take a note from on Game of Thrones. Like, we really ain't seen nobody get knocked off on this. The threat is never there. Exactly. And, like, and people he, that smoke crack, you bounce back, and they just smoke crack, and then they read the Bible. Like, there's no real threat of a character being taken off the void, and that's one of the flaws, and takes away some of the tension from some of the scenes, and it don't hit as hard as it should, in my opinion, on some of these. You agree? And, and just because of my criticism doesn't mean I don't love the show. I think the show is one of the best shows out right now, even still, with how my, my thoughts and feelings going on to this fifth season so far. Oh, um, absolutely. But, but I, I still felt like the first three seasons really, like, it's not formed what I'm saying as far as, like, niggas getting taken off the board. We saw people like uh, the, 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 the crew that also was, that brought also into this shit mm-hmm. take out some of their family. We've seen Franklin take out some of close family friends, like, which kept the series kind of like, oh shit, like you mm. don't know what to expect. Right. And now I feel like, unfortunately, I don't want to blame this on the passing of, of John Singleton, but I I don't know. It, it just seems <laughs> like, it seems like we kicking the can on a lot of shit and we can get into the episode. Great point. And to your point of, I'm not shitting on it at all. One of my favorite shows, reason why we review it, Game of Thrones is a very high standard as far as writing. So we are holding it to a very high standard. But with that being said, kind of kicking the can down the road. And we'll speak to that in the opening of the episode with the Tiger, who's probably the MVP of this episode in saving Franklin's ass until the point that we just went to in these long soliloquies. It's okay if this doesn't play out this way and we lose somebody from a long point, I feel like. This didn't need to happen. John Singleton was rolling over in his grave, in my opinion, with the Tiger shit. But we were told by fans that this was kind of an L.A. thing, if you want to speak to that. Yes. I, um, my, the podcast I host, as I mentioned earlier, Friends for a Second Podcast, we have an active Reddit thread. Make sure you check that out if you're active on Reddit, FPS Podcast. Uh, in the And every time that uh, episode of Snowfall comes out, because on my show, we uh, review week to week so far as well. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the people in the in the community posts, you know, spoiler alerts, but like their thoughts on the episode. And one of them mentioned as far as back in the late 80s, there was like, I believe the incident in the LA Zoo yeah. where a few animals got loose and actually pe- people around the community kind of kept some of those. And, and of course the, the zoo uh, collected the rest, but that's where I feel like they're trying to add some authenticity to the, sh- to the uh, series, especially this season, especially now that we're, unlike the previous seasons, we're now getting to very specific timeframes. I mean, this season started off with Lynn Bias overdose. So we know exactly what day and time that was, and we know exactly what happened afterwards as far as the war on drugs now being a big part of uh, America's history in the late 80s moving forward. So the Tiger shit at first, when I was unaware of that information was just like, these motherfuckers is just reaching. Like, what for, is uh, this? What exactly. in the fuck is going on? I'll answer it for you. Like, what is happening? Right. Yeah, so that that threw me off. But like, once you read the history of it, like, okay, it makes you do your homework. Just like episode one, I'm sure if you're not a sports fan, you ain't know what the fuck this guy, who this guy was. Is. Exactly. So as a sports fan, I, it clicked right away. But since I'm not from LA, learning about this is like, it, it's okay. But how it's sequenced into the show in this particular episode, 
I this also it may seem like it's somewhat of unnecessary. Damn near a MacGuffin. <laughs> What's a MacGuffin? Explain. That. MacGuffin is basically like to put something in, in in the show, make you think it's all about that, but it's really not about that at all. Nothing it has nothing to do with. It has anything. nothing to do with anything. It's just but, it just it's just there. See, it's this like goes that. to the point of what we were talking about with Thrones and just using the characters and the plot and the world around you, which what that was great at. I get it. This may have happened in LA. This may have been based on a real dude. It may have been a part of LA history, but I'm going to keep it real with you. I don't care. I ain't here to see none of that shit, man. And it's far-fetched for me to believe that all the houses in LA, like Franklin said, this is the one that they end up with. Then they get to use this tiger to help them kill the ops and also help them get out of a, a scary scenario. So the reason that I was so disappointed in this is not so much that the vehicle that they use with the tiger, but like we were just talking about, since there's no real fear of losing a main character here, we knew they were going to get out of it. And if I know you're going to get out of it and this is how you choose to do it with this cheap ass, like the tiger king knockoff. And the nigga biting off a leg and then even saving you from the ops when you guys go back and we'll get to that. No, bro, don't do me any kind of way. That's how I felt the first 10 minutes of it. I was like, come on, man. Like, y'all really just going to do me like this? Yeah. It, and again, it's just I don't know how that moves the, sto- the, the, the story forward with that scene. The main takeaway that I got from that scene was just more of, Franklin and Oso's relationship becoming more closer because uh, I feel like I feel like Franklin has always thought that his relationship with with Teddy um, at the foundation of it was solid mm-hmm. regardless if it's about if regardless if they just met on business regardless if they both know what they're doing is ultimately for you know bullshit reasons just to make money and, and, and to be successful in their own way um I always thought that also also played a part with that, but never really, you know, as close as Franklin and, and Teddy was. Right. But then as you see, as time goes along, uh, we people always forget that Franklin was a fan of Oso's back in the day when he was wrestling and shit. He, yeah, they, he, and he brought he, he brought that back around in this episode, mm-hmm. which was a nice tie-in. But to see them bond and go through this together, you can kind of see like, okay, they both talked about trust. I know I'm jumping ahead a little bit, but they both talked about trust in this episode as well, as far as within each other. Going through something like this builds that trust. So I guess maybe this was an elaborate way to, to for both of them to realize that maybe we should, you know, trust each other more than we trust Teddy. But at the same time, there's other ways you could have done that. Reverse engineering this, you're right. This puts Oso and Franklin back together. Before they wouldn't have never, they would have never had a reason to even be in this vicinity together for the same amount of time. I agree with you there, but the tiger thing again lost me. First ten minutes was upset, did not like it, uh, but eventually, as we move through the plot here, what happens is the guy gets caught in the cage, leg get bit off by the tiger. Uh, he's eating, getting eaten by the tiger. Franklin and also get the keys. They get out. They get out, again, going back to that point that we let in with, you don't have a real fear of losing the main character, so you know that they're going to get out of this situation. You just don't know when or how. And you wonder what's the next obstacle going to be since we still got 40 minutes of episode left, even more than that, once they get out. Do you think it was 
cheap of the plot, how do you feel about them turning the corner and however many hours later after being locked up, running into the same gang, the same people? Believable, not believable? How do you feel about that? I, I knew the game was going to come back around because obviously they were in their territory uh, in the previous episode. You could tell by the graffiti marks, even also calls it out of how like, OK, we're not in our, you know, what I'm saying we ain't in Kansas anymore type shit. Like this is we're in a foreign place where anybody could get us, mm. especially if you got like <laughs> three million dollars in a uh, basically in a gym bag that's got holes in it. Um, and I could tell they were going to bring the gang back in again once they had that, that confrontation, with, especially with the youngest gang member who looked at him and said he wasn't scared when, when Franklin right. pulled the gun out. I was like, OK, he's getting lines for a reason. We'll see him again in part two. And that's exactly what it was. You escape the Tiger King, like you mentioned, uh, and then they run right back into him. It was kind of, again, it kind of seemed like the beginning of this episode was just useless just to be as like, oh, here's a quick, uh, cool nugget of factual hit L.A. history that we can throw in into the series. So. Basically, for me, the episode doesn't start until just now where, where they get caught up again. Agree. And I was going to ask you, do you think that they fumbled the first 10 minutes with the Tiger and shit, or are you just over that? It, it's un, it was unnecessary. Okay, cool. It was unnecessary. All right. So we get to the point they get arrested. Excuse me. Damn. They get caught up by the gang again. Ocho Franklin being interrogated ever a point in time that you think they may turn on each other. We may lose one of them. What were you thinking as a Snowfall fan right here? Both of these dudes is one of the most, um, I, well, at least right now, the most one of the most solid characters we have on the show. Um, I will throw Jerome in that bag as well as far as people who keep up with their morals. At least Franklin tries. I'll say that. I, we may see in the season how he deviates, basically how he's been talking to Louie. He's been talking her crazy <laughs> this whole season. Deservedly uh, so, so. Deservedly so, though. Uh, part of it, maybe. We'll but get um, it. <laughs> we'll get to it. But I didn't think none of them was going to. I didn't think Franklin or Oso was going to turn each other. Oso, basically, he's one of the most cool, calm, collective motherfuckers you're ever going to see in the drug game. Motherfucker tied up in some motion. He's still, you know what I'm saying? He's still speaking Spanish. Like, he, he ordered the damn uh, queso at a, <laughs> at a restaurant. <laughs> um, but... My thing was, I was thinking like, okay, somebody's gonna get hurt, seriously hurt, like maybe mm. like uh, tortured and all that stuff. Cause obviously they're talking about $3 million in uh, the late eighties in LA. That's a lot of money, it stretches. Everybody's hungry, everybody's trying to eat. So I thought it was gonna be more blood, like a more bloody, gory kind of scene where as far as them torture to see who breaks first. But um, obviously it didn't play out that way. I thought it should have been more believable that they got jacked. When they pulled up on him and asked him, like, what the bags? They're like, shit, y'all let us go. We got away. Somebody else got it. Shit. What y'all want me to tell y'all? That's it. That's the end of this. You ain't got to arrest me or interrogate me. Like, I ain't got no more money. I don't know where it's at. I thought you, it could have ended right there. You don't you don't run after two niggas like that all day and, exp- <laughs> and, and just one, take and somebody yeah, else and, creep up on it. Not even that. You just take their excuse. You know what I'm saying? He yeah. was like, oh, yeah, my art. Right, that makes and, sense. All right. You go about your day. To put it in the context, I didn't grow up in LA. We talked about maybe one, two streets block. So agreed. If they were to lose them, it ain't too far that they would have gone for them to then run into them again, where they could have put them under or somebody else would have got it. So you're right. It's a small little block. Like when we talk about sets and hoods in LA, we talk about a street or two streets. It ain't like it's some big hood or something like that. So great point. Moving on into that. Still no sign of Peaches. Jerome kind of getting worried now. Everybody has met back up at Louis' spot. 
for some reason, V, his pregnant, Franklin's pregnant girlfriend and his mom are still hanging around with the danger. But asking about Peaches, we finally get Black Diamond and the other chick in, know that they didn't have anything to do with it. Right now, at this moment, knowing that we don't get thrown a lot of curveballs with Snowfall, how do you feel about them leaning towards it being Peaches? Is that the same thing? Are you taking the bait or do you think something else is going on? I'm not taking the bait because it's too obvious and they've been literally trying to spoon feed Peaches as the culprit for the last two, three episodes. Yes. Ever since Franklin told him to go home because he was feeling sick, we it's been, where's Peaches? Where's Peaches? Shit's going down, where's Peaches? And what's the undertone of all this is because we're also in the late 80s. This is where HIV is becoming a lot more prevalent and well-known thing. Um, I don't think Magic Johnson has come out and said anything about it just yet as far as the timeline, um, but I could be corrected if I'm wrong on that. However, I bring that up because yeah, this last was way before he came out. So it's, oh, okay. It's, yeah, so this is in 86, 87, 89. He didn't come out and say nothing like 92. Oh, 92. Okay. Yeah. So we're, we're years before Magic John, before it hits the world. It's this now probably just when he was in the midst of contracting it, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's not funny, but, but it is. I mean, it's true. He called it. Yeah, he was, he was, he was out here. Yeah. But um, I bring that up is because last episode, that crazy nurse lady, she brought she brings it up to the in the series for the first time as far as how one of her coworkers caught HIV by just yes. dealing with a patient. So the reason why I bring that up is because I I, I suspect that some of my other crew members on my podcast suspect that uh, he's got that's what he's got. That's why you see him subtly kind of getting more and more sicker or looking more ill. Uh, and him not even knowing what it is, thinking it's just a regular cold, not knowing that how HIV works and affects the body. So uh, that's where I think Peaches is off dead somewhere or dying mm. somewhere, and mm. no one knows it. And and we come to we'll, we'll as we get down the low uh, down the road with this episode, we'll figure out uh, what all this really means. But as far as Peaches' role, I don't I didn't take the bait. It's just too obvious. You can't just keep throwing out Peaches and. And it means something without him actually being on the show. Without us having to figure it out as an audience. But yeah, it exactly. kind of goes to our gripe with not saying, I don't think that they've given us a lot of credit as fans to help us figure it out. And they are kind of speed food, speeding it to us. I wouldn't be surprised if Peaches has a role to play. it. I do think that they keep mentioning it for some reason. Also on this podcast, the Snow School podcast, one of the takes that I've had is that Peaches, like you said, has to high five. I hear with the HIV, we don't know what it is. Niggas calling it summer colds. You running around with the sniffles and shit for four, five weeks. The nigga got AIDS. They wouldn't be showing this if it like it's, it's widespread on the internet. They wouldn't be talking about this or showing it if he didn't. Exactly. How does that play into what's going on? In my opinion, is Peaches knows this. He's gotten an early diagnosis. He knows what's going on. So he's like, fuck it. I'm going to rob Franklin and get out of here and spend the money but I need somebody to help me do it. I think that's what we're ultimately going to see happen once we figure out where Peaches is. I disagree I do, with that. Huh? I disagree with that because Peaches is loyal. Peaches has been loyal. He's been loyal around this money this whole... He's been loyal to, to Franklin and the crew. And when I say loyal, I know they're all hired guns as far as right. the bodyguard. However, Franklin's crew always has some sense of family. Even right. with even with Fatback. Like there was, there's always been some sense of we're going to take care of you more than we should as a hired gun. 
And Peach has been rocking with them since what season two, I want to say mm-hmm. at least, mm-hmm. maybe even season late season one. Um, so he's been around, and he's and Jerome knew him from back in the day. So it's not like he's just some random ass nigga. Uh, I think what it, the only other way I can explain it is if Peaches did do it, he did it to for, to pay for money for treatment. There we go. And I think, like you said, you're right. He has been loyal, but I think circumstances change as we always see in series that make characters do these outrageous things and put us in these positions. And I think that's what happened. Circumstances change. He's been diagnosed with some scary disease in the eighties and he don't know what to do. So he made a drastic decision. How we got linked up with Kane is what the mystery is. I think that's what we're going to discover as fans are going to be the fun part of the rest of this season. But moving on to this episode, also in this scene, we get V talking to Sissy, and she goes into this long story about her mom being a con artist. We've gotten bits and pieces throughout the season of her mom and how she really don't fuck with her. Now it comes out what she did, who she kind of raised V to be. Are they planting seeds for something in the long term? Nick, what's going on with this story? First of all, Sissy talked too damn much. That's oh my what it was. God, First of all, she dude. talked and she and, and she talking to everybody. CIA, Cuba, uh, future wives, fiancés. Uh, she talking much, to everybody. She's just doing, doing too much. She, she's trying to. Much. She, she's just trying to be involved way too much. And it should. And it's almost to the point where I question Sissy more than I question V. Because coming into the mm. season, obviously, we had no idea who this girl is. She just showed up fucking Franklin and saying she's pregnant. You know what I'm saying? So now we're just like, okay, I guess we got to accept this bitch and <laughs> just keep it rolling. However, the more and more we get more backstory of her, the more it seems like it, it almost seems worse because now I have no idea what to think of her. After hearing that story about how her, her, her mom was a con artist, it's like, okay, well, now we can't trust her because she could still, this could be a whole con that she's doing and stealing Franklin's money and all that stuff. But the one thing we haven't thought about is V being behind all this stuff with with uh, someone that we'll mention as we get uh, more towards the end of this episode. Um, I think that, damn, now that I think about it, that may be the case. But, yes. but for right now in this particular scene, it was just like, okay, there's more to V that we know that no one else knows, even Franklin. And we're getting bits and more pieces of that. But for me, that scene with Sissy was just like, why are you telling her this? You're telling you're making her more scared than she needs to be if we're going to take V at face value as someone who's loyal to the family mm-hmm. uh, and who wants to just, you know, do what's best for her future child. So Sissy saying all this other shit, it was just like, that's pushing her away more than pulling her in. Well, my question to that would be, do you think, and you said this a little bit going into this, that Sissy has arterial motives and that's her purpose she's trying to drive V away because remember she's been pushing Franklin to stop since forever. And she finally folded and started working with him in season three, I believe. Do you think that she told her this and she's pushing her knowing how this girl will react? Cause she's persuasive enough to have her do it to say, Hey man, you got a baby. This nigga just got shot up. We just got shot at his homeboy just got shot at. You need to count your losses and get the fuck out of Dodge. I think that's what she was really saying right there. That's the reason she's talking so much. She's trying to, what she's doing is she feels like that she's 
almost building a wall around Franklin, talking to the CIA dude. He wants to bug Franklin. She, uh, she won't do it. Now she's telling V, you need to take care of yourself and be safe. Like she's trying to separate Franklin from all of these people, hoping that he'll stop because he doesn't have these people in his life no more. But what's going to happen, in my opinion, is something totally different. Yeah, I think that with, with I think Sissy, obviously Sissy has her own plan going on. Mm. So I, we, we get that. We've seen her talking to Ruben. Trying to be a lover. Yeah, exactly. Trying to do all that shit. My thing is with, with Sissy, it's more about does she know exactly what she's doing to the fullest extent? She, she, she's a scorned woman. That's what we know for sure. She is upset and hurt. But for me, it's also just like, I don't know if she is as calculated as even her son when it comes to certain things. Well, that's the problem. Like, that's the problem that you've had with Sissy. That's the problem that you've had with Alton. And that's the problem that you have with Franklin, the little boy that they produced. All of them think that they're actually smarter than they are. All of them have been trying to outsmart Reed, and Reed is smarter than they are. Like, Franklin in the long play think that he's going to have a way out of this. He's not. Alton thought that he was going to be able to outsmart Reed and get his family away. He couldn't. And now she thinks that she's going to be able to get her son out of this and avenge her husband's death, and she's not going to be able to. None of them have the acumen to see the board the way that Reed does. Because even like we see him just being able to pull off one fit, go straight into another with a completely different world of people and access to things because he's so good at what he does, they can't compete with that. As we see him go talk to the nurse leading into the next scene, and my question to you about this scene and the introduction of the nurse, do we really need the side scene that we had in season one and season two with Reed and a love life and the additional things going on with him outside of Franklin. And here's what I say and give the floor to you. I don't think so. Not having his kid there like they had in season one, not having the woman there, that makes him more mysterious. That makes his character more effective to me. It made me wonder why it was so tense between him and Franklin in each of their meetings this season. What do you think about them adding this layer to read? Is it necessary? Do you like it? Or would you rather do it out? Well, someone told me this once that every, every show, every film has a love story in it. Oh, yes. So Reed doing what he does, you, there has to be more dynamic to him than him being a mystery. You can't be mysterious for the whole rest of the series because obviously if we're going to dive into you as a character, we need to know more. We need to know what, you, what ticks, what makes you happy, what makes you laugh and all that other shit. So I understand the angle. I just don't understand the character. I, honest, I don't understand why we needed a whole new character to be that, um, especially for one that's as weird as she is, particularly what she was doing in the last episode and what she's doing now. <laughs> it just, it seems very, it seems like they took the, the, the storyline of misery and just added, you know, a different spin to it into Snowfall. That's what I took it as. Cause even Reed looked at her like, "What the fuck is like, going on here? What are you? What are you trying to do? You know what I mean? Like, it's it's. I just came here to get patched up and get, maybe throw you some couple of bread and all, you know, in the middle of that. So, uh, I think that uh, no, but I do is, think to your point, I think that that's what it is. Like they're trying to add that layer. I just don't need it. I don't need that with Reed. You saying you do? I'm saying that I'm saying I understand it. I didn't say I necessarily need it, but I understand it. 
uh, especially, and I'm only going, I'm only saying that because I'm giving the show grace based off where they're taking us this season. Mm. I, again, I don't really particularly like the direction they're going in, but if I'm going to submit to the show, then it makes sense that Reed had, uh, I guess he's a he's a he's a good-looking white man who who's you know got a, a power position, so he's gonna attract certain type of you know women. You know what I mean? So I think it made sense for him to have. Obviously, we start off with him with his relationship with his uh, his baby mama, who was his you know who was his ex, and now we go into someone who was looking at him from a long time, basically saying like, "Damn, like, I've been waiting for you to get single. <laughs> I'm I'm a bust moves right now." I, I yeah I I get it I like the chick I think she she's a going to be a fun cool character again I just didn't need it I too respect it and understand what they're doing as far as it moving the story ahead but at the same time um I just didn't need it I don't need to read love like I like him being mysterious we go from that scene though and her shooting her shot with Reed like you said making sure that. She's going to be in further episodes as his love interest. That's essentially what that scene did. She ain't going nowhere. This ain't a one-off thing. She'll be around. We go from there to essentially being told, yes, nigga, if we didn't spoon feed it to you enough now, Peaches has clearly had something to do with this because only two people have access to this place where $5 million is missing and one is standing there and it's Franklin Saint. The other, no one has seen in a couple of days, and the five million is gone. So now they've clearly pointed out to us that Peaches had to at least have something to do with the money being gone. What'd you take from that? Uh, again, at this point, I was like, at, at, it was literally at this point that I was like, oh yeah, Peaches ain't do it. Because it's too fucking obvious. It's just too fucking obvious. And then even even to the point where um where Franklin was saying, like, oh, it's only a few, two motherfuckers that knew about this shit, and I'm one right. of them. It's like, really, are you? Because again, this is what made me go back to V, what you pointed out, with by her telling about the con artist story. It's like, wouldn't the ultimate con be like, I'm just playing this baby mama role? Um, <laughs> and even in even in the last episode when she was crying when the cops were or uh harassing him after the shootout. Yeah. And since he even complimented her on this episode, she was like, oh, that was a good thing that you like. I see you got your little acting chops. It's like, yeah. this is what we need to pay attention to. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Peaches has been Peaches the whole time. We didn't we didn't have to unravel who Peaches was. He was a war vet that came back and he couldn't get a job. And he's been working with them. Point but blank, again, period. But again, he's he, called uh, AIDS, though. Yeah, I mean, AIDS. shit. I mean, yeah. shit. <laughs> he he got to get pussy too. You know what I'm saying? He ain't he ain't, he ain't no, just a. Uh, I'm just saying that to say his circumstances have changed. No, your circumstances have changed, but we know him. We know him more than we know her. Right. We're still just. We only have literally six episodes of her. We right. have seasons of material with him, yes. and we haven't seen any shady shit until quote unquote now out of nowhere he wants to rob the family. Mm-hmm. With her, she's literally telling you, "I was, I've been a I fraud. Was raised by <laughs> I was raised by frauds." <laughs> so that makes me think, like, okay, well, I'm gonna listen to you a little bit more than I used to. I think the the con with her would be the property, the property that they've been talking like out of nowhere. Franklin can get this ten million dollar property and has this big 
fun or whatever it may be. I think the long-term con with her, put my better call, saw con game expertise hat on, would be the property. And she was going to run off with that money. She mm-hmm. was going to take Leon money and she was going to take aunt and auntie money, which is why she wanted to push them. And she was going to take Franklin money. And that was going to be the long game con and get out of there on them. But she fell in love with Franklin and got pregnant. So now she's in a split at the road as to what she wants to do. Keep on with the con, take the baby and leave like Sissy is going to say or told her to do or indirectly told her to do or stick it out with Franklin because she fuck with it. I think that that's where she is with it and that's her con. Well, to me, at first I thought she pulled a Beyonce and the baby was fake. (laughs) There was no baby. But 10 weeks pregnant, I've never had a baby. I don't have kids, but I... She wouldn't, they, they didn't even know when she went back to the doctor if there was even a baby, dude. Like, what are we doing? I, I, I mean, I don't know how, again, I, I ain't got nobody pregnant either, but uh, <laughs> yeah, you should be showing, going. you should be showing something. Now, she just by 10, 10 weeks. weeks. I think, yeah, 10 weeks, I don't think you can see. I don't think there's no signs. Especially but no, she, but I mean, she, she ain't, size. yeah, that's what I'm saying. She's so just slim. Like, we at least to see something. Like, you'll see a, <laughs> at least the beer belly. Like a something like she, she gonna wear big fluid clothes and it ain't gonna be showing. I think that she can hide it. Maybe. I think she's st- she's still been wearing her designer suits and all the other shits. But I, I digress on that point. Uh, I do think that the con was I, going into it. I think I thought the whole con was the whole real estate thing because mm-hmm. it's the easiest con to do, especially when you're talking about a lot of money and cleaning a lot of money, which I think was Franklin's uh, ultimate goal to be legit clean. Um, and she perfectly fits in that because she can, you know, be a uh, innocent, quote unquote, innocent bystander of anything, hit the fan and say, I'm just a real estate lady. But now, but because we kind of, we know that she is carrying a child that does give me, I, I don't know. She, she's the most interesting character to me right now. Ma'am, because Franklin's, I, I, Franklin's past is awful with women. Male, yes. the other two. Well, no, 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 he fucked up male though. But it don't matter. She still that's part of his past, and she shot him. That's true. Her well, I mean he the shot next the chick, the next chick set him up with man boy. He just happened to figure that out. Like this would be right on pattern if she had now. I guess that's why we are so suspect of her as fans. We don't know a lot about her, just like the chick from last season. She slipped came out of nowhere, and all now she's Franklin baby mama. Nah, something's up, something more to that story. Now that telling us. Uh, her mom was a con artist. Mm-hmm. They was playing big on a pregnancy and telling everybody she going to the doctor. We don't even know if you're pregnant. Like, it just, something ain't right. Exactly. But the same thing I feel like with Peaches, too. But to your point, and playing also to what you're saying about Peaches and them not spoon-feeding us to it, Jerome feels the same way. Jerome, they, they've been very keen on his face, his thought process in looking for peaches and kind of being the last person in the clique to say, yeah, I think he did it. Everybody else I feel like is sold. But Jerome's still like, no, no. Why do you think that is? Because they got history, man. Mm. They got history. I know he kind of, he kind of, you know, poo-pooed the history a little bit because he said, I don't know this nigga. We, we go back in the day, but ever like there's a certain timeline where I, I kind of lost touch with the motherfucker. So I don't know what he's been up to since then. Yeah. But I think Louis even kind of touched on it a little bit, which got Jerome pissed off, you know, uh, vicariously was more so uh, 
when she brought up like the fact that Franklin fucked up by bringing Peaches in, that was that was a bad look on his evaluation of you know people. You know, if I she think this. Go ahead. If she could say that about Franklin, you know how a woman is. She go, she's thinking that you know how they'll they'll have thoughts in their head about how you are. They just won't bring it up until shit hit the fan for real. <laughs> so I, to me, I, that and I don't know that's me just assuming shit, but to me it's like if she could say that about Franklin, what is she thinking about Jerome? Because technically he's the one that brought him into the fold. Franklin just Franklin just gave him a promotion. I was this is supposed to be Jerome's man. I was just that's one of my points that I have written down here. And we two men sitting here talking. I don't want to turn off our women viewers too much, but that's the difference between men and women. Like Jerome still gonna own that responsibility of being like, Yeah, Franklin may have promoted him and that may be his man's, but I still bought him around. I vouched for him. That was my man's that I introduced. So it's still fall back on me. And Louie kind of like trying to wash Jerome hands of it, which like you said, make Jerome look at Louie like, man, like you just, you all the way out there. Like you, mm-hmm. you ain't the same person that I was with before we got into all this and this started. So I think that's kind of where we were with that in that conversation. And even in the next scene where it's escalating with the two guys and you see kind of Jerome is on edge. Like mm-hmm. he beat niggas up that he going to meet with the plug. He's snapping on the police, dude. Like this nigga like on edge, edge. Do you think that that takes us somewhere? Is Jerome one of the characters that something surprising happens to? Where is on edge Jerome taking us in this scene? On air, Jerome is uncontrollable. And I think even that scene you're talking about, particularly when he was beating the shit out of the dude, Louis held his held him down, straight face and everything. But she looked to the side like, nigga, you, you doing some unnecessary, yeah, you doing some unnecessary shit. We already got motherfuckers coming for our head. We don't need more enemies. Bad. That's where I took from that scene, which is like when Jerome is off when unhinged, he's unhinged. Yes. At least with um with Louie or Franklin, there's still some type of demeanor. There's some type of calculation. Like, I'm pissed off, but I'm going to hold this in for the right opportunity when I can really go off. You know what I mean? So with Jerome, it's like, nah, when I'm off, I'm off. Even last season when he he was ready to beat the, he beat the shit out of Franklin because he was he was upset to the point where he after he gets it out, he calms down just like any kind of big swole nigga. <laughs> Let them fight it out, and then he'll calm down. But to me, at this point in juncture of this of the season, particularly with this storyline, I could easily see how that those actions are going to come back to Biden. Yes, we saw that scene because something is going to happen from that 100 percent. And I think that the betrayal is going to come through. With Louie, like I know they're supposed to like if you've seen any of the previews, I think they're supposed to get married this season. But the betrayal, I think, is going to be between Louis and Jerome. And Jerome is going to realize that he's got a totally different muscle in his hand from what he thought he was dealing with. Um, and some of the backlash from him flipping out right here is going to be her not supporting him. Like her getting up out of there. Like, those people in Arkansas got to come into play at some point. They will. Either, they will. Either she's going to bring them up there as soldiers to fight against Franklin and the family, or she's going to go down there to hide out. But at some point in time, people in Arkansas got to come into play. That's why we introduced to them, in my opinion. My thing is more so, like, I think the people the people in Arkansas will come up, but I also think that Jerome is going to get taken out this season. Mm. Jerome would be the big character, though. Mm-hmm. 
Because because look at look at how so the, the episode so far, I've never seen Louis and Jerome this much in love, this much on the same page ever in the se- in the series of Snowfall. Yes, we've seen them as a couple this whole time, but even Avi called it out. He was like, y'all on some Bonnie and Clyde shit. Like, yeah. I like I love seeing two people up. Usually when they spoon and they've had a lot of great, I know. I'm not saying all that to say I haven't enjoyed that because I have enjoyed seeing this type of black love, especially in this type of environment. You don't really see that. So it's interesting to see how loving they are and supportive they are. But I feel like that's also a setup for us to break all that shit down. Yeah, they try to build you up. To, yeah, they'll build you up to break your heart. So I don't think Louie will be the one because I think she's uh, the obvious queen pin of this whole of their uh, duo. But Jerome is Jerome, he never really wanted to be in this life that deep. He was yes. he was cool with uh, selling nicks and dimes, you know what I'm saying, the weed bag and shit. But to be a kingpin was never his goal. He just rocked with it because the family's doing it and his girl doing it. But now he's going to be the one that's going to suffer the most from it. That's my opinion. Now that, this is just my you know theory yes. and speculation. I could be false on this by the next episode. But the way they're playing out his storyline is very interesting to me. That, that would be interesting if we lost Jerome. One character that we have not lost that we visit here in a sense of them being dead, but their role and their impact in the show has definitely been lost. And I've spoken to this on, I feel like, all the Snow School episodes, and that's Javi. Javi is here to just be a therapist now to all the characters. Like, it's just really a waste of a really good character. Uh, but in this show, this episode in particular, excuse me, Javi tells Franklin about him being too smart for his own good, essentially, and fighting an internal battle. Speak a little bit to that internal battle that you think they're referencing, and do you think that Franklin got what he was saying? I don't think no, I, I don't know why they've made uh, Avi into uh, Ayana's "Come Save oh My, my God, Life," man. but like all like especially from how they started his character from season one to now, yeah. it's just like where has this enlightenment taken place? And maybe I've been overlooking shit. And it's such through- a waste. Yeah, because he was he was the most Great, one of the most man. interesting characters. Like you didn't know what he was gonna do. He was a crazy white man who was the plug at one point and well connected. Uh, technically still is the plug is just on the guns in. Right. So I, I, I don't, I'm not sure what they're doing, but he's been giving advice to Leon. He gave advice to Louis and Jerome. And now he's giving advice to Franklin. None of them are listening to this nigga. Even to Teddy, them, Teddy, when he first came back, even, yeah, even with Teddy, stay away. exactly. None of them are listening to him. And I feel like they're using Avi as just like, we want the audience to know that at least they tried. At least someone has, reason. there's One a, there's a more, reason. yeah. Why they chose Avi, I have no idea. Um, I prefer it to have been, it would have made more sense if it was Sissy, if she was the one, because that's how her character was kind of built up to be. Um, so I that should goes to show I don't really like what they're doing with her character this season. But um, yeah, I, don't, I think it's, it's one year out the other, the same way he was talking to Leon about some shit. It's one year out the other. Leon didn't listen to nobody until Sissy came down. That's only because she held him down when nobody was fucking with him. So <laughs> I, I again, I just... I, I just think they're just trying to put that in there to say, like, at least someone spoke right. some type of reason. So you don't think that that registered for Franklin at all? Anything? No, no. He frankly going to do what he do. All Remember, right. the, the, the bar that he dropped was that a man who could do anything is a cursed man. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, like if because at that point, there's no limitations to what he can and can't yeah. do. So to me, that also speaks on the season of betrayal as well. 
because uh, a young man that can do anything he wants. I saw a curse man, a young man that can do anything he wants. One the, the bar that he dropped, I agree, was right. Another, like you said, I go from war to war. A man like you, all his wars are fought on the inside. Mm. That's a curse of the episode. So that, that was fire. But yeah, I don't. But I don't think that Franklin processed that. I don't think that Franklin digested that enough. He couldn't see the the trees, forest for the trees, as they say. Right before we wrap everything up, go to this end, man. Best part of this the episode being introduced to the new character, um, Kane. We we meet Kane. It's um damn. Why am I drawing a blank on his name? What's my man's name? His brother. Oh, Kevin. 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 Mm-hmm. So Kane is Kevin's big brother. OG Kane. Have we hold on before you go? Have we ever known that Kev had a bigger brother and has have we seen him before now? No, we knew that Kev's cousin got killed, and we knew that Kev had family because he spoke to hey man, my fam is gonna be upset. Like, we gotta do something about this for my fam. So there was a reference point to where that could be dug into, so it didn't come out of nowhere completely, but it was very convenient. It was okay. very convenient. I, I just, I just want to get that because I did. I, I just want to talk to you about it because I was thinking this the whole time. Like, who the fuck is this nigga and how is that? You know what I'm saying? I, I don't. Rem- my memory, you know, four twenties coming up. I smoked too much, so <laughs> I was thinking like, damn, I probably forgot some shit. But I, but, but to my knowledge, I don't remember him ever being brought up or even seeing the motherfucker. I'm no filmmaker. I, I do have aspirations to be at some point, but I feel like we kill the tiger shit and give those ten minutes to developing out Kane. And like, cause that was the best part of the episode and the thing that made the most sense. Okay, Kev's got a big brother. He wants revenge. He know that Franklin's a big dog now. He used to fuck with him and he's more in tune than Scully, scarier, not scared of Franklin. Yeah, I'm, this is it. This is, what we, this is what we signed up for for Snowfall. Give me about 10 more minutes of this. Don't just end the episode and tease me with it. Because I'm already locked in. I'm going to be here next week anyway. Give me more of this, the thing that I don't expect. And exactly. And to, and to further your point, we the first 10 minutes or 15 minutes of this episode should have been a flashback of him in jail learning about all this and how he was planning and plotting up to this point yes. to where we get to this episode. Yes. Because just dropping him in the last literally not even 15 minutes, it was like eight minutes of this episode to me of course it's a cliffhanger to the next episode so good job to them pat on the back however story-wise it's like bruh y'all got too much bread on this sandwich and not enough meat you know what i mean like pause so it's, just, it's like we we the stuff that we need to know we're getting that in tic-tac form and the stuff that that we don't need to know we're getting that in, in like a truckload of four course meal of exactly that's a good point. That is a great point. But two of the good parts of this, I love this scene. I think that that dude fucking bodied it. Kane, like, mm-hmm. that's the type of villain that I want to see Franklin go against. That That's great. Uh, the whole, I knew you when you was little niggas. Y'all niggas may be on, but y'all don't scare me. I'm not backing down. Yeah, I did it. What are you going to do about it? Attitude, like, at the football game, nonetheless, was a big part of L.A. culture with the little youth football. Like, all of that was perfect. I think that shit was spot on. What I do wonder 
is why wouldn't Jerome be there? We know we're going to talk to the old head. Like, him and Jerome probably know of each other, came up in the same era. I'm trying to dead this now, if I'm praying. Like, if the, my information is correct and I'm going to meet this nigga at the park, I don't want to meet this nigga again. Like, we ain't got nothing else really to talk about other than can we figure this out right here? If not, I'm shooting you up. You might, you're not making it out of this park. That's like, if I'm Franklin, that's how I would have played. So I'm bringing Jerome with me. Maybe you can talk to this nigga because if I can't talk to this nigga, because when you leave here, I already got niggas out here ready to shoot you because you already done tried to kill me. It ain't no tomorrow. It ain't no next time. It ain't maybe I can talk to him again. Well, to me, this I, I think that's a great point that you bring up. But to me, it's also more so I think the scene was just more to show, for one, how divided the business is now between Franklin and Louis and, and Jerome mm. to where, because as you see, I think the previous scene is where we see Jerome beat somebody ass or whatever, or like at least a, a, a few scenes before that, Louis and Jerome, they always do their business together and they do all the shit. This is Franklin's side of the business because uh, they, they essentially coming for him and his family. They knew where the stash house was at. They knew all this other shit. Uh, it's uh, very personal more for Franklin than Jerome. So I think that's what the scene was just trying to elevate on. And the number two thing was this scene actually shows how ruthless Franklin is more than Kane because Franklin not only shot his best friend, Kev, he didn't even give the motherfucker the decency to go to his brother in jail and be like, look, bro, this, it went down left. This is what yeah. happened. At least I would put some money on your books. You know what I'm saying? At least, at least console the nigga. That's you grew up with this nigga and you shot and killed his brother. And I granted, obviously, he wanted he shot him in the leg and he died, so he wasn't trying to kill him. But the nigga died. That's why when Kane looked at him and said, "What did you do? Tell me what you did. You shot the motherfucker and he died, and you didn't even come to me and say shit to me. Yeah, that's, that's some foul shit. So that's why it makes sense why Kane reacted the way he did and tried to take his whole family out because, like, bro, you shit, you clearly showed me that you don't care about me and my family, and I've known you since before all this shit before mm. you even knew yourself." And now you have the audacity to come to me asking me, talk, t trying to threaten me. The nigga said, nigga, I ain't going nowhere. I've been here. I, man, I fuck with that whole, that, that's the thing that pisses me off about this season. Like they know when, they know what we want to see. Bro. It's like you, they know what we right. want to see and they just keep giving us this bullshit. And that's the case, bro. By the end of this season, I could, I feel like I'm going to say we could have done without two episodes. This should have been an eight episode season. That's a good point that I've never thought of. Because when they do get it right, they get it fucking right. They know exactly what we're tuned in for. But throughout the season, they're weaving in this Tiger King shit and all the other stuff with Teddy. And, and like, bro, we don't care. We don't need the nurse. We don't yeah, need I to. I don't care about don't need the tiger none of that. This none of that. Kane and the scenes, this is what I'm here for. So you're absolutely right about that. To shoot Franklin some bail, things got rather like... After he shot Kelby with the jail, like shit was moving, man. Like he may not have had time to get word to do. He ain't he, uh, he shot Kev in season two. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, was that was that season two going into season yes, three? Yes, it was. Bro, he shot Kev season two, bro. <laughs> All this man time said he was in solitary confinement. Just thinking about it, maybe Franklin couldn't get to him, man. Bro, Franklin learned how to fly a plane. He learned how to do real. He got his real estate license. <laughs> Bro, he had time to do all types of shit. You mean to tell me he can't go to uh, the L.A. County Jail and be like, hey, bro, my bad? Yeah, he probably didn't ever think this was going to be a problem. You're right. 
which is nearsighted which is, by Franklin and exactly we're used to from him being able to be a little bit foresighted. But I, I'm here for this. Like I love the fact, like they said, where they ended it. Wish we could have got more of it. Can't wait to see how this play out. I know uh Kane Little League team be having to run some shit out of some laps, man. <laughs> I know that nigga don't play, boy. Like <laughs> them laps. Hey, nigga, that nigga was smoking the shit out of Newport at practice. Boy, I know he be running the hell out of them kids, man. Bro, any coach that comes to practice with a scully on is ain't meant to be fucked with. Newport <laughs> too, bro. On the sideline, like in inhaling that motherfucker, boy. Hey, that was a great ending. I can't wait to see what we get from Kane. Overall, I'm rating this episode a B minus. Before we get out of here, what I do want to say and what we've been alluding to, I think the best of Snowfall is behind us. And I'm not saying that that's a bad thing, but I do think that wrapping up this two-part episode, this is probably the best that it would get this season. And then the best of what we know of Snowfall has been in season one, two, three, and four we won't see anything that good again because there's not enough story left. You it reminds me of that. Um, for me, season three was its peak. Yes. I think I Nothing felt like every, as good as that again. I felt like every episode of season three could have been a season finale. Like it was, it was that gripping. And that's what, that's what I remember. Season four was a great follow-up. Don't get me wrong. But mm-hmm. season three was just like peak snowfall. Yeah. Um, or, uh, I say that to say, it reminds me of, again, we mentioned Game of Thrones earlier in this episode. It reminds me of when they stopped going off the books and they had to write the show themselves. Because remember, the guy who created yes. George R.R. R. Martin, whatever the fuck that nigga, the fat motherfucker name is, he, he, he only wrote so much of, the, of that series right. for them to play off and develop. Once the writers and, and showrunners had to do their own thing and just take it from there, mm-hmm. we saw the dip in the series. Unfortunately, I'm connecting this back to the passing of John Singleton. It shows how much he was the heart and soul of this show. And ever mm-hmm. since then, I think I feel like he had some ideas for season four. That's why season four ended up being as good as it was. But obviously, he wasn't able, he wasn't a part of this iteration moving forward. So that's why it just seems like the writers are just trying to do anything to kind of keep the viewers ingrained into the series for them to end it whatever they are going to end it. I think they should have they should have ended it probably with this season or definitely at the way this show was going this season season 6 has to be the last season. This this should 1 million percent be the last season and I think they should have prepared for it this being the last season. And again, still enjoy the show, but to give context to what I'm saying that the best shows are behind it. The comparable shows that I would give to it if everybody didn't watch a Game of Thrones to me, the same point that I was saying, Game of Thrones, after Cersei blew up the sip, all it would there wasn't a there was not a better episode that came after that. There were better episodes before it, and that was a great episode, but that was the it like that was the last great episode that you would have. We're going back to Breaking Bad for people that are fans of that and didn't watch Game of Thrones. After Gus Face got blew off, and everything that led up to Gus Face getting blew off didn't get better after that. Like that was the pinnacle of the, the series. I feel like that we've had that moment also with Snowfall. I just can't figure out what it is yet. It just won't get better than that. It was, that the, we won't enjoy it anymore. It just won't get better than that. It's the villains. It's, it's who is opposite of Franklin. 
it, it probably was that season that Franklin went to jail and Reed got him out and he did the whole research about who Reed was and figuring out what he was actually working for. Like that was the pinnacle of it. Like the, the episode ending when they were just making those plans and you're going to do this and do that. That was it. That was the pinnacle of Snowfall. Yeah, to me, it's, it's always been who was Franklin uh, opposite of. Mm. Man Boy was a good villain. Yes. Uh, Man Boy's uh, the best character on this show. Even Scully, yeah. to a certain point, was a, was a good villain. And even, of course, Andre. Andre was one of the best, quote-unquote, villains, even though he was fighting yeah. for the good guy, you know, at the end of the day. Um, now we just, we we went six episodes not knowing who we're going against. It seemed like it was just him and the family, which was interesting as a dynamic, but... Well, it rotated, uh, though. It was, yeah, exactly. it was, it was uh, Louis... It may have been Reed, we thought. Then it was Scully for an episode. Now we got Kane. That ain't what this show yeah. is about. You can't the play movie. musical chairs yeah. with, with villains. It ain't a, a every episode new villain show. You're right. <laughs> That's not. What do you rate this episode? A, B, C, D, L. Uh, I give it a C plus. C plus? I thought this C was plus. a good episode. Thinking this is, again, best episode, the pinnacle of what we get from Snowfall. Now, I say it was a B. Well, I'm saying this because if you want to be if you want to be honest, you have a two part series in the middle of a season. This is basically like a mini series inside of a season. So I'm grading it based off of part one and part two, because mm. this is the conclusion of it. Okay. Part one was just whatever the fuck that was. <laughs> and this was supposed to be the, the, to tie it up in a bow. And now it ended well. It ended very well. However, how we got here is just, again, it was just like, was most of that necessary? Even though individually I gave each episode a B, if I were to grade it, like you said, it would be a C, C average. Because yeah. I give it a C uh, plus because the cane part is like, okay, that's really interesting. I want to know where you're going. Very interesting. Um, Nick, I appreciate you joining us, man. It's been very fun breaking down this extended episode of snow school for that two part that we had of the iliad snowfall fx series this is the official unofficial podcast of the show tell them where they can find you at mr Dusset. uh you can find me uh on socials uh w-e-s-i-s-i number 11 on twitter and ig uh you can also make sure you follow the frames for second podcast we're on all uh podcasting platforms uh frames per second fps podcast uh you can just search for us you, you'll find us uh, again lou appreciate you uh having me on we gotta do this again hopefully before the season finale we can see if, if it does stick the landing absolutely get you back in here with me and appreciate you guys for listening making this a top 100 podcast got that alert the other day in the tv and review section so we appreciate that y'all keep joining me and hit the like subscribe buttons mr do you'll definitely be back again the snow school we out Peace.